Welcome to the Plateau Partners Pulse, a podcast where we're focusing on business networking and ideas. And I am joined today by the GFS team. So, Gazala, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and your team and explain what GFS stands for. Great. Uh, thank you for having us. Uh, my name is Gazala Yuradnik, and I have today with me Kavitha Peters. Hi. Alex Springberg. Hi. And Sarah Jansen. Hello. And we are Team GFS. We um, GFS stands for Growth and Fundraising Solutions, and we are an event management company that produces uh, excellent, amazing fundraising events for nonprofits. I can attest to this totally. How many people want to know if the GFS, since your name is Gazala, if <laughs> if if you're if it's like Gazala's fundraising solutions? Like, do a ton of people ask about that? They do actually trying to figure that out. And I think uh, Kavita, you were saying yesterday yes. that even my son, your son. said, <laughs> "Does the G stand for Gazala?" I mean, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I wanted my name somehow incorporated in the name of the company. But um, Gazala is so hard to say anyway for people that I didn't want to have that in a company name. So I was like, gee, perfect. So, yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. It's like you're so good at solving problems or something. Um, Okay, so you already explained what it is that GFS does. So for a minute, we're going to talk about BNI. So how long have you been in BNI? It has been 12 years. That's a long time. Longer than my company. Um, I started with another company first, okay, and then soon realized um, how much I wanted to start my own business. And so that's how um, that developed. And so BNI has been very helpful um, in terms of just networking and the business development that happens through it. So I have enjoyed all 12 years. Nice. So that sort of dovetails perfectly into my next question of what do you enjoy about uh, belonging to BNI generally? I think it's the people for me. I have developed some incredibly strong friendships. So it isn't just business only. Um, you know, there are happy hours, as I know you can attest to. What? <laughs> you may have been on one or two of those. Perhaps. Um, yeah. So we just, I think that it's a family. So I think about it. I mean, I have seen, you know, some of our BNI family have kids and been to weddings. And it's just, um, it's a very close knit group. Mm-hmm. And I think that also goes back to why um, it works so well and we can refer business to each other. Do you think that that's unique for Plateau Partners or do you think that that is the case with a lot of chapters? I would say it's pretty unique. I don't, I'm sure other chapters uh, get along really well too and have a great dynamic, but I have visited other chapters and I would say Plateau Partners really stands out. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, you know, as a past president, Gazala, you have helped contribute to build something that's I think really special and unique and so many people Uh, that I've been interviewing throughout this series has talked about the energy of the group. And that's not something that's just present. That's something that has run from the past and it continues to be a driving force in our chapter. So kudos to you. Um, Okay, so the words like, no, and trust. Those are three words that when you join BNI, you hear those words. What are three words that are associated with you or your business? I would say that people would say that we are knowledgeable, we are flexible, we have to be very flexible, (laughs) and we are creative. I 
would agree. And I would add, I keep adding a fourth for everybody. Like nobody's allowed to have like their three words without my fourth. Calm. You are hecka calm in the middle of like craziness that is an event. It's like, oh, what? Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. And that makes for such a good event. So, Um, okay. So tell me something. And I don't know if you want to do this just you or if you want everybody to share something, something that people don't know about you. Share your dirty little secret or your interesting little talent or your quirk. Okay. So. Um, I will put everyone on the spot and they're going to like, because they didn't practice this. So mine is um, an intro. I think it's, I think it's interesting. I don't know if you will, but um, I'm a scuba diver. So I have never in my many years of being on this earth been stung by a bee, but I have been stung by hundreds of jellyfish before. Oh. So I don't know that. which is worse. <laughs> I don't know because I don't know what a bee sting feels like. So I imagine it probably feels a l- little bit better than. <laughs> I think, I mean, a jellyfish sting is like, that hurts. Yeah, well, and it was a funny thing because we were in um, in the water and my husband had said, he's like, I'm going to go out and I will give you the signal if it's okay to come out. And so apparently he didn't tell me what that signal would be. He was telling me to <laughs> go back to shore. I thought he was saying, come out here. The water's fine. Oh, my gosh. Or was he? Or was he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, are there, I know that there's a ton of jellyfish on the East Coast where I'm from and where we spent summers at the beach and everything. I guess I never really thought of them. I don't know. Are they like other regional jellyfish? Well, this was the Caribbean. Um, so we were, yeah. we were, yeah, we weren't anywhere in the Pacific Northwest because I certainly wouldn't get into any body of water, even like within a hundred mile radius up here. Yeah, I, I went to Alki Beach, like when I went there, and I've never gone in the water, but I went there for one of the first times this weekend, like try to get in it since it was warm enough, and it was just like I couldn't even cold. see the water. Well, it was cold, but there was just like just seaweed. Just so much like kelp Stacked seaweed stuff. Oh. Like I was like, oh, this isn't water. This is gross. This <laughs> is murky just something. Muck. Yeah, it's total muck. Okay, so who's gonna go next, Evita? <laughs> this isn't really a secret, but I have like the biggest sweet tooth in the world. <laughs> really? <laughs> Interesting. So like, candies, cakes, Not, like it has to be chocolate or cakes or baked goods. I don't like hard candy. Okay. Definitely chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. She'll be the one that dives into. In fact, we have a bowl of I always, chocolate. I try and wait for someone else to start. And I give up. Why? Somebody's got to be a leader and, and everything. Then last year, I went to Belgium for the summer, and so I brought them back Belgium chocolates, and they sat there for like a month. And I was like, "How have you got?" It wasn't even a big box. I was like, "How have you not finished eating this yet?" So did you do it for them? No. Oh my gosh. I had my own. I totally would have been like. Sorry, you snooze, you lose. Oh my gosh, that's interesting. I am, my mom is a huge chocolate fan and I am more savory, salty, like every time. I mean, it's not to say that I will not enjoy the occasional, um, I like kind of sour sweet candies. I don't like this. Well, it's okay, I still like you. (laughs) Okay, Alex, what about you? 
Um, something weird that people don't really know about me is I have a weird thing with socks. You weren't gonna say it, I was gonna say yeah, it. Yeah, I have a really weird thing with socks where I am very specific about the texture that they have to be on my feet. So I always flip my socks inside out if I don't like the inside of the sock because the outside of socks are softer or I'll just wear fuzzy socks. So you have sensory stuff. Yeah, I do. Like, I'm really specific about what I like to wear because if it feels weird on my skin, I just, yeah. You yeah, also like a, wear like socks when it's below 80 degrees. Oh yeah, we're so in, so when it's <laughs> even but oh yeah, when it's yeah, when it's either if it's if it's even like 80 degrees, like if it's if it's not above 80 degrees then she's wearing <laughs> yeah, sorry, said it wrong. Above 80 degrees she's not wearing socks. Yeah, so um and meanwhile, I never so growing up on the East Coast, it was like, you know, cold, real cold, guys, and snow, like lots of it everywhere, not just like at the pass or anything. And the only time I would wear socks is in snow boots. Otherwise, never wear uh, socks. I never wear socks. I couldn't do it. My feet just get, I just get too cold. Yeah, I don't like socks. <laughs> My brothers, uh, socks. same thing. And they went to an all boys school and they did detention multiple times because at the boys school they had to wear socks and they didn't. And so it got to a point where the brothers at the school, it was a Catholic school, they called in my parents and they were like, okay, we just like, we can't keep having him go into detention because of socks. So like, we're giving you like special dispensation or whatever that word is um, because they just never, they were like, all right, we'll go to detention every day because we're not wearing socks. So my mom was kind of like, this is the sword that you want to die on? Okay. Um, Sarah. Uh, what you guys probably don't know about me is that I have to sneeze twice every time I brush my teeth. What? <laughs> you know, it's very strange. If I don't sneeze twice, something's wrong because I, I always do. Do you force like yourself you to sneeze? sneeze? Or is it has to happen just after I brush my teeth? I think it's like a response to the mint toothpaste or something. That's that so funny. <laughs> do you I know there's people, people that sneeze no. in like the sun. Like, so my daughter, when she goes outside, she'll sneeze in like sunlight, mm. which I'm like, I guess she's allergic to sun or something, but I don't know. But that's interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I love that part because I get to know so many things. So um, let's transition here. What would you say is your most frequently asked question? So I think one of the uh, biggest questions we get asked is how do we charge? How does it work? Because people think that sometimes when we're doing an event and we're obviously fundraising that the amount we fundraise will get a percentage and that's not how it works we are consulting on the event and so uh, we have a scope of services contract and um, it's just a flat rate got it uh, based on based on what what we're doing right so you're doing event planning for not-for-profits but you are definitely for profit. That is very true. Oh, yes. There you go. <laughs> Just to be clear. Okay, I'm going to have um, all of you give your favorite curse word. So I'm going to go right down the line. Sarah? Oh. Okay, Kavitha. Um. Come on, you don't have to overthink this. You're just. Well, I know what it is. So then just say it. It's going to be bleeped out. Okay. Well said. Fire. <laughs> nice. Mine is also. Sarah. Yeah, I remember when I first wore in front of you, and I felt bad. I think I was like, I was like, oh shit. 
And I was like, <laughs> I also swear less when Sarah, like when Al Sarah's out of the office, I swear a lot more. It's just Alex, like she'll notice. I'll just be like, and she's like, and it's like, oh, cause Sarah's not here. Okay. So oh, that's funny. Dang it. <laughs> You're like, oh shoot. <laughs> I like that your body language is like, <laughs> wow. Well, an A. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we are going to chat more with the GFS team. Thanks, guys. Did you know that event planning is one of the top five most stressful jobs? GFS events can take the stress out of planning your fundraising event. We are an award-winning event management company that produces auctions, galas, luncheons, 5K walks and runs, golf tournaments, and more. Let us take the stress out of producing your next fundraising event so you can focus on what you love. Head over to gfsevents.org to schedule your 30-minute consultation. Welcome back to Plateau Partners Pulse. We are here with GFS, with Gazala, with, with um, Kavitha, with Sarah, with Alex, the whole team. Um, this is exciting. You guys are a first for us because it's the whole team. And I love that you do that, Kazala. You recognize that it takes a village. Um, it does, for when sure. You're, <laughs> when you're doing an event, you're, you know, you're not-for-profits are typically reaching out to the community and they're looking to you and um, you realize that it also takes community. So speaking of nonprofits, why nonprofits? Why not be, you know, a wedding planner or a whatever, like any kind of event planner? So for me personally, I have always been in the nonprofit world. I um, used to do strategic planning and business development uh, in healthcare and hospitals. And hospitals are one of the largest nonprofit institutions. So it was kind of an easy transition for me. And I had um, my aha moment uh, one time because I was also that perpetual volunteer of people would say, hey, who wants to help with this? I was always raising my hand. And I um, remember sitting, it was like, it was midnight in one of my friend's dining rooms and we're working on an auction. And I said to my, and I, I said, turn to her and I was just like, I think they, somebody would pay us to do this. And she's like, you think? And I'm like, I, I think we, somebody would. And six months later, started GFS events. <laughs> That's amazing. So did your friend join you on that? She did not. No, okay. she was, she's like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and look who's had the last laugh. <laughs> That's really cool. Now, um, do all of you have a similar a vibe or reason why you've done it? I mean, I know Sarah a little bit on the side and I know how meticulous and detail oriented she is and also how creative she is, but you know, that's my translation. Um, what would you say your reason is? My reason, um, I'm drawn to nonprofits because I believe in good, meaningful work. And what better way to do that than to spend 40 plus hours a week <laughs> with this amazing team supporting our nonprofit clients with their fundraising. I love it. I think that you're probably the type of person that uh, whatever nonprofit you're working with, you take on that mission and you know, you're like, whales and then you're like dogs and then you know, you're like right and you know you're you know you just step fully into it what about you Alex so my background was originally in the music and events industry and that's where I learned I really do love live events and I love being able to put that on 
but it didn't make me happy and it didn't make me excited to go to work. It was something that I thought I enjoyed doing, but I really, really didn't. I've always enjoyed volunteering and spending my time in the community. So when I moved here and I saw that this was an actual job that someone will pay you for, <laughs> I got to meet all these wonderful organizations and help them and help make them successful. I was just like, I'm applying. I got to do this. And I'm here and it's great. That's awesome. I love that. I love when you can, um, you know, I think people think that making money is a dirty word or it's a dirty concept and it's not. It's, you know, money makes the world go round and you need to somehow make a paycheck so that you can take care of yourselves and take care of others and then give back and the cycle continues. So to be able to make money with something that you're actually passionate about and you feel like is giving back. What about you, Kavitha? I have not forgotten you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mine is a bit similar to Gazala's. I actually have a background in chemistry. I'm a scientist. And um, the same She's got like, a PhD. I have a PhD. I know. I like how you're downplaying. I know. Yeah. <laughs> PhD in chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, you know, I love science and I love the analytical part of it, but it just wasn't satisfying for me. I didn't enjoy it. And so I took time off. I got involved in PTA and I was like, I enjoy this. This is kind of fun. And it's just the kind of things I like doing. And I have same always wanted to do work that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give back. I wanted to feel like it was meaningful. And this is a great way to do something meaningful and um, enjoy what I do. One of the things that I think is so awesome and dynamic about your team is that all of your different skill sets so blend together. And when you're doing a fundraising event, it's great to make sure that you know all of the details of the day are great and the planning but you know there's a creative angle and then there's the the attention to detail and there's all the ticking and tying that it requires and and all of you just overlap and blend together in what you do and i just think that that is an awesome unique thing about you guys thank you um I well, do too yeah. <laughs> yeah. i love our cool. team <laughs> so um so speaking of that given how well you all work together, you all individually have superpowers, I'm sure. But then as a team, they come together. I mean, you're this is like Justice League here. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say your individual superpowers are? And then what would you say collectively then? Good where questions. do we want to start? Okay. Um, well, I'll start. I know Sarah's got a really good analogy that she's going to talk. She's going to, she hopefully is going to to share. Um, but I wanted, uh, we decided we were going to tell each other's superpowers. Oh, I love that. So rather than sharing our own superpower, we would share each other's. So I've been thinking about this one and I think it's like if I were to um, say there was an event, for perhaps <laughs> one day, and I, and I needed to pass that off to each of them. Um, Sarah would be the person who's got like everything color coded, <laughs> organized in like exact detail of how it works and knows every in and out of it. Um, Kavitha is has analyzed it over and over again, make sure the spreadsheets all line up. And um, and then Alex is the one who is great with like just running around and getting it all done as fast as possible. So I think you know creativity, analysis, and then honestly just getting it yeah. done. Like Alex that's, is really fast. At she's fast. <laughs> Sometimes I'm too fast. <laughs> no, but there's a scrappiness there, right? Like the fact that 
you know, somebody needs to be willing to just get stuff done. Yeah, I will literally give her it. something, and it's it's like within Just like ten minutes. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I sent it to you already. I'm like, I, I just told you like, <laughs> a minute ago. Oh my gosh, that's a huge superpower. Yeah. Okay, so who's going to go next then? Um, I'll go next. Okay. Okay. So for Gazala, I said that Gazala is she's five feet tall, but her personality is six foot five. Like you, <laughs> like Azala, yeah, she's got something to say and she has great ideas and she's not afraid to share it with our clients. And she's not afraid to tell them whether it's a great idea they have or maybe we should go in a different direction because she truly wants the best for each organization. Mm -hmm. uh, for Kavitha, I said, while the rest of us are all on steps one, two, and three, she's on four, five, six, seven, yes. eight. Like she's, <laughs> and then she's trying to figure out, well, what about, like, are those the right steps to take or is there a better way of doing it? She's like, in her science background. Yeah. She's totally like, so here's my hypothesis. <laughs> and now I'm going to test it. Yeah. And I'm going to come to a conclusion. And then we're going to try it over yep, and over Yep. And then I'm going to retest it. Yep. Uh-huh. I love that. Okay. And for Sarah, Sarah's superpower is that she's super creative, which we all know. And she's great at taking an organization's their intentions and their communication and their marketing and breathing new life into it because sometimes it gets repetitive or maybe it doesn't look as great as it can and she makes it interesting for donors to read and want to read it. That's awesome because I yeah. think so many organizations have been, you know, many of them have been around for a while and, you know, they don't necessarily evolve. And so, you know, times are a change in and so to breathe life into it so that it's um, relating to your current demographic of people that you want to garner support from. That's that's awesome. Okay, so next. I'll go next. Sarah can say her, save her story. <laughs> <laughs> so for Gazala, she is one of the calmest people I've ever met. I've worked with her now almost four years and in all our events, I don't think I've ever seen her even stressed. <laughs> one time, oh one time. She was a little bit stressed, but that was it. She just has such a level head She's always so gracious, and um, she's an amazing person to work for as well. Thank you. <laughs> um, Sarah is like the graphic design queen and the most organized person I've ever met. Of course, in our in our like field, all of us are organized, detail-oriented people. I thought I was organized until I met Sarah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not organized. <laughs> There's a hierarchy. But yes, there is. So. That's funny. That's really funny. And um, Alex is so good at like web design and getting the tasks done. Man, she's fast at things. That's awesome. Okay. So now I'm dying to hear this. <laughs> okay, I had a different plan, but I'll go with amusement parks. <laughs> yeah, I love this. Okay, so if our team was planning to go to an amusement park for the day, like a carnival, mm -hmm. and we all were taking care of certain aspects of that day, Gazala would make sure that we have a great time and nothing gets in our way. So if there are long lines, she'd make sure we have the fast passes, we'd be the first one to get on the roller coaster ride. If there's like a murder clown walking around <laughs> that like only we know about, she would take care of it. I don't know how, but no one would know that there was a murderous clown just running around the amusement park. I love that it's a murder clown. It's a good thing it's not a murder hornet because she wouldn't know uh, what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. And then Kavitha would optimize the experience that we would have in the day. Making sure that we get like the biggest teddy bear when we win a prize at one of the games. 
Um, but she would also keep us in check, like don't spend too much, but have a really good time with what you do have. And then Alex would make sure we have the best food. So the best yummy cotton candy with no food coloring, if that's possible. Yep. Vegan, <laughs> vegan hot dogs. Yep. And also, what else? What was the Dairy thing? free. Tacos. Dairy free. <laughs> Dairy free. It's great. So we wouldn't, you know, leave. <laughs> Great experience. Okay, I was like in with the yummy food thing, and then you started mentioning all the things. It's healthy. We have to keep people healthy, you know. I'll be like, this tastes so good, and people are like, does it? And I'll eat all the candy. There you go. I would keep us all like carnival stylized. You know, we would stand up in the crowd. Sarah would tell us what we're gonna wear. (laughs) Yes, yes. And be like, okay, and so wear a fanny pack so that you can keep your stuff because you need to have your phone, and it needs to be safe, and you need to zipper. And I can see Kavitha being like, okay, so according to my research, <laughs> if we get online for this ride yeah. at a certain time, we can actually get on it twice in the yeah. time that I most people... I've totally done that going to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm tracking what you're putting down there. I love that. I love that. Um, okay, so we're going to take a quick break. And what we're going to do when we come back is um, now we're going to switch to your clients and the things that you want them to know about you, but also um, how you're of service to them. So we'll be right back with GFS events. Are you an overworked executive director? Are you a brand new development director? Are you a burnt out volunteer? GFS events will take the weight off your shoulders by producing your next fundraising event. We manage your timelines, execute the logistics, and create a spectacular fundraiser for your organization. Head over to gfsevents.org to schedule your 30-minute fundraising consultation. We are back with the Plateau Partners Pulse, and I am here with GFS, and we were talking about the team's superpowers and the things that they all bring to the team and then collectively can bring to their clients. When their client is trying to throw a fundraising event Really, the whole goal in this is to raise money for what it is that they care so deeply about. And by working with you, you can maximize every dollar. And not everybody necessarily gets what you do. So what would you say are some things that you wish your clients or potential clients knew about you? I'm going to throw this one. I'm going to let Sarah and Alex answer. What I wish our clients knew about us is that we're trying to make their lives a lot easier by having us on their team, on their side. Uh, We know that they already have a laundry list of things to do as a nonprofit organization, and we're here to offload some of the event-related items, so the logistic pieces, um, down to finding your caterer, your venue, your AV crew. We want them to be able to focus on the parts of fundraising that only they as an organization can do. So reaching out to their donors, their supporters, we help with that, but we're taking away a lot of those pieces that they don't need to have on their plates. That's a huge help. I mean, because typically in in nonprofit work, you're so overworked and so underpaid. And so, you know, to have somebody that is really there in partnership with you, that's a huge thing. Um, Alex, did you have something you wanted to add to? Yeah, I want our clients to know that we're there for a sounding board for them. We want them to share their ideas with us, their thoughts, what has been working, what hasn't been working for them. That way we're able to improve upon it and any of of the ideas that they would have. Yeah, I would imagine that some 
some organizations have something that um, I think people get stuck in a rut and it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, we do an auction every year. Well, that's great. But if you do it the same way, maybe it's time to breathe some new life into the way that you do it or to the theme or whatever it is. And so the idea of mixing it up and um, throwing people off, I imagine it it invigorates things, stirs them up. It does, and I, I think one of the things that we've heard too, we've had, we had one client who came in and said, we actually want to learn from you, so we're gonna hire you for a year, we're gonna do this event, we're gonna learn how to do it correctly, and then we'll go off and do it ourselves. And at the end of that event, they were like, we would never <laughs> want to do this by ourselves ever again. So I think that says a lot too, is that we, yes. we want our clients to use us and continue to hire us year after year. It's not a one and done kind of a, you know, approach. We want we want to have a long-term relationship. But I think it speaks really highly of the fact that you didn't say like, "No, I'm not going to let you behind the curtain to see what we do." Mm-hmm. I think letting people behind the curtain actually is uh, yes. a way better <laughs> tactic. <laughs> oh yeah, we go into just so, making organizations like helping them out even in the long run. So there's some things like we'll even notice where we're like, "Okay, in the long run, if you do it now, this is going to help you for years to come whether you do an event with us or not." this is just going to be easier for your organization. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, and everyone means well, but just because you mean well, it doesn't mean that it's the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's amazing insight that you guys offer. So when you're working with a new client, what are some of the things that you run into? Um, do you have to get them on board? Um, you know, speaking of boards, a lot of times I imagine that there is a a collective, you know, Okay, are we going to hire someone? Is this going to cost us money? Are we going to make our money back? Um, is it too many cooks in the kitchen? I'm totally like front loading this question with like <laughs> tons, tons of things here. She's not answering a question. I know. Um, but, you know, the fact that there's usually kind of red tape that you have to get through with um, nonprofits. And so when you're working with new clients, what are some of the common issues that you run into? I can at least start the conversation on this one. Um, I think one of the hardest parts is that with a nonprofit client, there are volunteers that are always involved, and volunteers are truly the lifeblood of a nonprofit, but there's always a real fine line. So you have a volunteer, and this is actually a great example um, that happened today, uh, where we have a volunteer who is working on something but it has to be on that volunteer's time. So it honestly would take us probably an eighth of the time as it's taking us to coordinate with this volunteer. So that can totally impede then the progress of the event. Yes, so so we do walk a pretty fine line between um, engaging volunteers, because that's super important. We sure. never want a volunteer team, a committee, to feel like they're no longer needed or mm-hmm. wanted. Um, and then, and then also making sure that they're engaged enough and and are um, are feeling like they're part of of the event and part of the success of the event. Sure, I mean, you know, people give through what's the expression? I think time, talent, and treasure. Yeah. And so I think that's a very wise thing, but it's a really delicate balance. It is. Yeah. I, yes. I think the key is finding the right tasks that volunteers can help with that are um, productive and a good use of the volunteers' time as well. And they wanna be celebrated. Yeah, exactly. Who doesn't wanna be celebrated? Um, I would also imagine that getting the vibe, like I imagine, like let's say that I'm gonna do, um, I am part of the um, 
hippie drippy alliance for um you know hippie drippies <laughs> I don't know alliance <laughs> we've worked with them before yeah so exactly so um what I want to do for my event is going to be very different than like the East Coast expats that are interested in having an event at a country club. <laughs> so I imagine then that you have to be able to turn on a dime with what your clients are looking for. I think that goes back to our flexibility, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, how many times have we gone in one direction and then suddenly it's flipped to a completely different mm -hmm. direction? So that definitely happens. And that's because, again, you've got potentially a committee of, of people wanting to you know, do different things. They all have opinions yes. and yes. ideas, yeah. wonderful ideas. So we just help them kind of gear those into one lane. Yeah. Realistic well, ideas. <laughs> yes, yeah. Ones that we can do that. Some, yeah. Yeah. Some there was that them. one with the aerial, you know, where but people want to, they, they have these big dreams, but then of course, you know, nonprofit budgets. Right. So right. there's and then so much we can do. It's Comfort also communicating with them that while these amazing ideas are great, does it help us? with the event and our fundraising, which mm -hmm. is the goal. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so it's balancing that like super fun, but creative. creative with staying within budget and, you know, focusing on what the goal is, which is to raise money for the organization. Just well. mission driven. Yeah. Well, back. and it reminds me, um, one of the episodes that we did, we spoke with Bruce, image consultant. And, you know, this idea that, you know, you're not styling everybody the same way. You're finding out who that person is, and in your case, who that organization is, and you're finding out what their mission is, you're finding out who their volunteers are, you're finding out all of those things so that you can best represent them and their goals in that event. And, you know. For sure, I mean, well, like just like every organization is unique, I would say every one of our events is unique. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it might have the same elements, there might be the cocktail hour and the, you know, the dessert dash and the race the paddle and all this stuff, sure. but every event still is very, very different from another because of the client's spin on it and how we, we, you know, we want to adapt it to the client and to the organization. That's a huge key part of it. Okay, so I imagine that, you know, I know events in general are crazy. I mean, just like being a bride at my own wedding and then now add one well-meaning um, person, which was my mother, who was like, consider her like the volunteer on steroids with lots of ideas and whatever it's fine this is a collective thing we we know about Joan it's fine um <laughs> so you know now you're in a nonprofit situation and you're dealing with obviously organizations that are trying to raise money they're trying to do the mission and goals they're trying to appease the board they're trying to make their volunteers happy um and then there's just the practicalities of throwing an event with all of those moving parts. So you must see some stuff. We do see some stuff. <laughs> so like, pull the curtain back. Like, what have you seen? Spill the tea. <laughs> Zala, what's the craziest thing? So I would say one of the craziest event stories we have is we were, this was about two or three years ago, we were doing the Seattle Animal Shelter Foundation's uh, 45K, which is a 2,000 person 5K walk run with 1,000 dogs and just even, you know, hundreds of volunteers. And we've all got our lovely orange vests donned and we've got our, and you know- Seward Park. Seward Park, okay. radios in hand. And I think it was Kavitha who uh, first noticed, she's like, 
because oh, there's a lot of police cars coming into Seward Park. And I'm like, there are a lot of police cars. What's going on? And then there was somebody from our the race, the race course with mm-hmm. the radio, and he's like, there's a man with an axe loose in the park, and he's walking the same route as all of our runners. And so we basically had to like within, you know, five minutes figure this out, let none nobody else know that this was happening. This kind of goes back to that murderous clown image. That was about. Now I know where this is coming from. I was like, murder clown. So oh. yeah, so we, you know, we we got it handled. He was he was detained. He was he was uh, escorted out of the park very, you know, gently without anyone else finding out and no one else knew. I think including some of our client, you know, some of the people for from the organization. That's awesome. So that, that's yeah, so that that is definitely Did he make a donation? <laughs> 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 I just, I want to know. Okay, um, Sarah? Uh, last year we had a big event, a 500-person fundraising gala, and it was Milan Rouge-themed. So think like burlesque cabaret style. Sure. And shortly before the start of the program, um, I still needed to change into my evening attire, so I went to the volunteer room and grabbed my garment bag, went clear to the other side of the venue where the bathrooms happened to be, um, and I was in the stall, and I was undressed and opening up the garment bag, only to realize I had grabbed the wrong garment bag. So, who was I grabbed was the burlesque performer opening act. <laughs> oh. I had her costume in the bathroom stall with me, and there was not enough time, so I called Speedy Alex. Who <laughs> <laughs> gets stuff done. <laughs> she ran to the volunteer room and grabbed my dress, and in heels, ran all the way back over to the bathroom to swap them out. So... Fortunately, the performer had her costume back in time, and although I'm an event planner and I can do a lot of things, we're less dancing as well. So. Although I think Sarah secretly wanted that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. She was like, I mean, don't ask me that. She Interesting. Okay, any others? We've had, I mean, we've had so many different things, but to be honest, like, I feel like we always, we always solve them. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we get I them. I don't feel like anything, like, too insane other than the we're too planned planned. yeah Yeah. Yeah. i mean we've even had issues where like the the guy who was supposed to do was supposed to provide the wine for the entire event um literally forgot and so i know this is random but we had enough wine that we had we had planned for like too like too much so the other set of wine worked out fine so it was again nobody knew like there was just so we we don't have anything Elsa, that's super crazy, I don't think. Jesus had not <laughs> turned the water to wine. Wow, okay. Um, I love what you do. I love the nonprofit angle, obviously. I love the fact that, you know, although the work that you're doing is for profit, the fact that you enable all of these organizations to make money for their missions, for the things that they're so passionate about, and you allow them to do that by taking the burden off. It is a huge, huge asset to have an organization like you. I mean, it was a brilliant epiphany that you had at midnight with your your girlfriend and PTA. You're right. I mean, it's people mean well, but they, you know, they can't always execute and when you care about something that deeply, and the idea is to raise funds and awareness about it, to have a whole village of people doing that for you is huge. So, I mean, kudos to you. I mean, it must make you feel great about what you do every day. You get to exist in your superpower for a good reason. It does. I mean, I, I love I love what we do. It's, I, it's I love definitely it. yeah. gratifying, and I think especially 
in the world sometimes or everything seems depressing it's you know you get to go to work and be around all these people that are so passionate about what they do and everybody we work with is trying to make a difference in our community in our life and I think it's amazing and I also love just being feeling like more involved and um, part of our community in the Seattle metro area because we work with so many different organizations as well so um we're going to have to start winding up, but tell me some of the types of organizations that you've worked with. So we know that you've worked with furry friends yes. and um, almost crabby friends, <laughs> like actual crabs. Really? We have, there's an organization where for their fundraiser, they race crabs. They're, yeah, they, yeah, they're a conservancy for like maritime. They explain okay. about the sea to children and it's really great. And what they do for part of it is that they Race crab crabs. Crabs. Yeah. It's race so crab. crab. Yeah, so you it's can a crab like, oh tucky gosh. derby. Yeah, crab tucky derby. That's a fun one. Oh my gosh. Okay. So um so you can really run the gamut. <laughs> We've yes. done, you know, uh individuals with disabilities. We've done um, cancer. We've helped people with cancer. Countless homeless organizations. Arts, homeless yeah. organizations, yeah. I mean we we've We've helped a lot of different a, bit, a huge variety yep. of organizations. So basically if you are part of a nonprofit or you have something that you're passionate about and there is a an event or they need to raise money or whatever it is, you are who they need to talk to. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay. So um, if people do want to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you? So they can either go to our website, which is gfsevents.org. They can find us at Facebook on GFS Events. We're on Instagram for GFS Events. And we're also on LinkedIn, GFS Events. You have a good acronym for it. You always have to say GFS like, and tell them what it stands for. G as in George. Yes, I do. I do. Yeah. Whenever I say yeah. GFS, I'm like G as in George, F as in Frank, S as in Sam. GFS Events, I do plural. Yeah, I have to say plural.org. <laughs> O-R-G. I love it. So, you know, if you care about your um, your favorite nonprofit or your favorite crab or your favorite maritime <laughs> animal or, you know, whomever it is that you're passionate about, then you need to reach out to GFS events and the entire team and they will make a huge, huge impact on your event and they'll have a solution for how you can raise more funds. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Absolutely. It's, it's really fun meeting with you guys and talking about this because, I mean, throwing events is a fun thing. It so. is. We put the fun in fundraising. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Look at that. I think that you do. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Gazala. Thank you, Kavitha. Thank you, GFS Events in general. And uh, join us next time on Plateau Partners Pulse when we meet with another one of our members and we hear about their business.